Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me this evening, afternoon, morning, whenever the fuck you're listening to this podcast. This is episode 11 of the Cocktail Cult with your hostess with the most is Jonas Cope. Um, We are going to do a quick tasting and review of Bar Hill Gin. If you have never had Bar Hill Gin, you're definitely missing out because it is absolutely fantastic. Um, It's one of my favorite spirits that has come out in the last about 10 years, let's say. Um, Amazing backstory, wonderful flavor profile. Um, It's just something that is quintessential to have on your back bar because it is not a London Dry style. It's not a Genever style uh, gin. It is kind of an old Tom style um, because it does have that inherent sweetness um, due to the... um, three ingredients that are in this. So um, I'm, I'm going to get started with a little bit of a backstory. Um, two dudes back in the day, about 10, 15 years ago, a beekeeper named Todd Hardy and a uh, fermentation expert or home brewer, whatever he wanted to call himself at the time, uh, Ryan Christensen, um, they kind of got together and kind of put their heads together, uh, so to speak, and developed this recipe for this um, wonderful type of gin. Um, there's three ingredients. Very simple. Um, there's <laughs> neutral spirit. There's honey. And there's juniper. That's it. That's the only three things in it. So all the other botanical flavors or flavor profiles that you're getting are because when the honey is added, you have to think about what honey is. Honey is... Uh, you know, the, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness of millions and millions and millions of bees throughout the world. And where they gather their nectar, so to speak, uh, is a multitude of different, you know, bushes, flowers, anything that's got this, this uh, particular um, little sansaw, so to speak, that they can pick up bring back to their hive, and make that delicious motherfucking honey. So this is used in the distillation process um, along with juniper and just a a neutral base. Uh, You know, it's done in originally when they started. This was back in probably, I don't know, let's say 2005 maybe. Um, They had a 15-gallon pot still. I have a 10-gallon pot still that I experiment with. It's the exact same still, only it's 15 gallons. They ran that son of a bitch for an entire year. They put out hundreds of cases of their Bar Hill gin with this 15-gallon pot still. It's, it's, it's really a testament to like the fortitude that, that those dudes had for their product because that's not easy. A 15-gallon still does not put out a lot. You know, you're not getting a lot. You're getting maybe out of a 10-gallon mash, you're getting maybe... Ooh, two gallons of, at that point, 150 proof. So when you proof it down, maybe you're getting three gallons. Um, so, you know, you're only getting like like eight, ten bottles a run. Hold on a second. I got to take another sip. Yeah, it's magical. Literally magical. Um, this is like the most awarded gin that there is. If I if I wanted to read off all the goddamn awards that they've won, this would be an hour long podcast of just the damn awards. Um, it's pretty amazing because 
you know, it's not your typical London Dry style. It's not your typical very juniper forward, like punch you in the face kind of gin, you know. It, it just, it's just, it's not that, you know. So it it's pretty exciting because you have this new style of gin that's coming out of America, whether it's a... Um, a a floral, whether it's a citrus base, whether it's a something that's a little bit sweeter, like this Bar Hill, but um, you know you're getting a lot of amazing, amazing flavors out of something that only has three ingredients, and that's really a testament to you know what these guys are doing up in Vermont. So yes, okay, sorry, uh, based out of Vermont. Uh, they had a 6,000-square-foot distillery in Hardwick, Vermont, which is literally up in the middle of, like, north ass fuck. I mean, it's up there. A beautiful country, but it's up there. Uh, this looked like an old red barn. There was nothing special about it, nothing that you would be like, hey, that's a distillery. If I remember correctly, because I've been to the facility, if I remember correctly, there was, like, a logging company that had, like, like, logs all around it and trucks and all kinds of shit like you didn't even really know what, what was going on and then you pull into this little parking lot and you know there's this distillery that looks like it could just be like a red barn out in the middle of nowhere not an old barn but like you know they put up a pole barn or whatever blah 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 um now they've since because they've blown up because their gin is fucking amazing uh they're in a like a twenty thousand square foot facility in montpelier which is the capital of vermont uh, and it's amazing, state of the art. Everything is soup to nuts. It's it's really quite lovely, but there's something to be said for this old school. You know, run out of room. You're like, I, I remember when I was doing the tour, like, you know, we were walking by like some room, and there was a bunch of dudes in there that were like cutting up like rutabaga or some like ridiculous like root vegetable that they were going to fuck around with because they wanted to see what they could get out of it and was like hey that's really cool and I remember asking like what are you dudes doing with that and uh they were like oh we're gonna like mess with it to see because there's like some sweetness quality to it we want to see what we can do you know run it through the still ferment blah 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 um, and then we went back into the still room and it was crowded and it was small and, you know, they had a big column at that point because they were putting out so much, uh, uh, so much volume. Um, but they did still have the pot still and, um, it was cool. Uh, we saw the barrels. So, so Bar Hill is a non-aged gin, um, honey, juniper and neutral. Uh, but they do put out a Tom, what's called the Tomcat which is a barrel-aged, uh, it's aged in new American oak, so the same as any, you know, of your bourbons or whatever, so it's a, a non-used barrel. Uh, they age it for six months, um, they, they put it out uh, overproof, as is the Bar Hill, the Bar Hill's 45% ABV or 90 proof, so it passed a little bit more of a punch um, than your average Tangeray or Bombay Sapphire or whatever, um, you know, whatever else you want to say, um, for the London dries, especially. So, um, when you're in the facility, like you can't believe that you're in this amazing place that produces this wonderful, 
unique spirit because it doesn't look like much, you know? It's not your glitz and glamour, you know, walking through the Macallan distillery in in Dufftown, uh, Scotland, you know? It's just, it's not that, um, which is cool. I, I don't I haven't been to the new facility. My homie's been there a couple times, had cocktails, said it's, it's, it's tits on a swivel, but I have not been there yet, so... Um, I'm eagerly awaiting this COVID horseshit, you know, social distancing, can't travel to subside, you know, uh, take its natural course. Let's get the vaccine out. Let's see what the repercussions are from that. Um, and then, you know, start to do some travel again, because I'd love to get up to the facility. Um, so, uh, anyway, there's a, that's a little backstory on Bar Hill, uh, Caledonia Spirits is what the parent company is called. I'm going to do a little tasting right now. I've obviously done some a bunch of tasting prior, so I apologize if I seem a little off. Um, but I drank a bottle of wine and maybe had a cocktail. I, I made a bee's knees with the Bar Hill, um, which is absolutely delightful. Um, now I'm just doing it straight. There, there was one cube in here that was like half melted, so I just poured about an ounce and a half over the top. Going to do a little tasting here. Um, describe the nose first off, um, you know, the overall complexity of the spirit and then the finish. So here's the nose is... Fuck, it's like a daydream, I'll tell you. Um, it's soft and supple, like the just... Ugh, I can't even describe the soft and suppleness because you would think I'm a pervert, but... Um, a honeysuckle, there's like this vanilla creme brulee, um, sugar cookies. There's definitely a backbone of pine or like a, like a, almost a fermented-y kind of pine tar, like a little bit more of a dirty pine smell to it. Like if you cut a pine tree down and left it out in the forest for like, you know, a month or two and, and it kind of got a little funky, um, but it's really, it's, it's quite lovely. Um, so, okay, there's the nose. God damn, let it hit every taste bud. Obviously, honey. Um, vanilla, of course, because I mentioned the nose had some vanilla creme brulee. A little straw-like quality, which is nice, uh, because it, it takes away from a little bit of the sweetness. Backbone of pine, for sure. That comes from the juniper. And it's like a real, like, top-heavy juniper. Not like a London Dry. The juniper is there, but it's not punching you in the face like your your quintessential London Dry. So you know there's juniper there, but it's this wonderful blend that has this sweetness, the spice, and then the juniper. Those are the three major flavor components here. A wonderful mouthfeel. The viscosity is absolutely perfect. Again, there's a little bit of ice melt with this just to lower the temp. You could drink it straight out of the bottle and it would be just as fucking good. It's a wonderful spirit. So great viscosity. The other thing I noticed too, which is quite unique, not quite unique, but it's it's pretty unique, is when you pour over ice or when you're in a glass and you add a little ice, the spirit gets a little cloudy. Um, I'm not exactly sure why that is. 
Obviously, there's some, you know, uh, chemical reactions going on uh, within the spirit itself, but it gets a little cloudy. I have a feeling it has to do with some of the sugars, but I'm not a scientist. Um, I'm just your average Neanderthal that is putting these podcasts out because he loves alcohol and loves the effects and loves the tastes and, you know, um, is trying to share some of his experiences uh, with the general public. So I appreciate you guys listening. Um, I know every week the average, um, not viewership, but listenership grows. So um, all three of you, no, I'm I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, All of you, I genuinely appreciate this from the bottom of my heart. Um, It's humbling to get as many responses and as many DMs and as many tweets and twats and, you know, Instagram followers or whatever. Um, that we that that I get, um, I don't do it for that. I do it because, like I said, I love booze and I love the flavors, and I happen to have a lot of experience with this. And I've got a back. My back bar looks is is more well stocked than your local bar. That's not a joke either. Um, I've got probably right now close to two hundred and fifty bottles, and these aren't like multiples of Smirnoff vodka or, you know, uh, bubbly hard seltzer. You know, these are premium spirits. You know, I, I spend a lot of time curating. I spend a lot of time in liquor stores. I could walk into a liquor store and be there for an hour and not even buy anything. And that happens quite often. My wife makes fun of me. She thinks I'm crazy. But I, there's just, I don't know what it is. It's just something that I'm very interested in. So... Anyway, I very much appreciate your listenership. Um, soon we're going to be launching a viewership where these podcasts are broadcasted via via or via YouTube, however you want to say it. Um, we did launch a YouTube channel not long ago. I only have one video up. It's a great cocktail video um, that I did uh, in conjunction with our friends at Malabar. That's uh, drinkmalabar.com. It's a wonderful spice liqueur, especially for tis the season to be jolly. I made fucking eggnog with it. And not real eggnog because I didn't add as many eggs as I should have. So it was more like a Bailey's slash spiced eggnoggy type, you know, whatever the fuck. But it was delicious. Um, I just made it again this year and it's even better than the first time around. Anyway, um... Getting back to Bar Hill. So, um, some of the things that you might want to use Bar Hill in, you know, I wouldn't say that it would make a bad gin and tonic, but when I think about a gin and tonic, I think about the quintessential London Dry style, juniper forward, punch you in the face, a little, like, you know, a little squeeze of lime. And you've got literally one of the most perfect cocktails that's ever been. Um, quality tonic. If you're going to go with a lower price point, Schweppes is always a great, um, a great product. They do have high fructose corn syrup in the tonic. I tend to try and shy away from that. I like to watch my waistline. I'm going to have to get into two, a, a two-piece bathing suit at some point in the next um, you know, year. I know COVID, like, you know, I'm not doing TikTok videos in a two-piece. So, um, you know, I don't have to worry about it now, but at some point I'm going to have to worry about getting into a two-piece again. 
So I, I try and um, use a tonic like Q tonic, uh, Q mixers or a fever tree. Not the Mediterranean. It's got too much spice. Um, but the Indian tonic is quite nice. But again, I wouldn't really m- first off mix that with Bar Hill. I'd use Bar Hill and more things like an aviation cocktail, a Tom Collins. Holy shit, are you kidding me? It makes the best Tom Collins. It makes the best bee's knees. Bee's knees. If you don't know what a bee's knees is, it's honey, it's lemon, it's it's gin. But if you think about Bar Hill already has the honey. So you can you can use a little less of your honey syrup, Bar Hill and lemon juice, and it's fucking amazing. It's literally almost life-changing because you're going to taste this cocktail. And you're talking about two parts Bar Hill, so two ounces Bar Hill. You're talking about half to three-quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, half to three-quarters of an ounce of uh, a honey syrup. That's it. That, that's all that's in it. Shake it, stir it. Whatever you want to do, put the shaker tin in between your big titties and wave it around. It doesn't matter. However it gets into your glass so you can drink it is the most important thing. Because once you do, you're going to realize, holy shit, I should have been drinking Bee's Knees long ago because they are that amazing. Um, Another cocktail I would definitely use Bar Hill in is a Martinez. Um, and, And, you know... I'd fuck with it in a sidecar too. I know traditionally a sidecar is made with cognac, but um, not with the sugar rim horse shit that, you know, uh, a, your whatever, Boston bartender's book or whatever, you know, uh, uh, thing is, is stating. You don't need it. You don't need the sugar because obviously there's a, enough sweetness within. Hold on, I gotta take another swig. There's enough sweetness with the Bar Hill that you just don't need it. Um, so, you know, there's a multitude of different cocktails that you can use Bar Hill in. Uh, it's very versatile. I would not use it anywhere, like I said, I wouldn't use it anywhere where it calls for a London Dry Gin. It's not that gin. You don't need to use it like that gin. Um, it's just not something that, that it represents. And that's fine. Um, because there's plenty of London dry gins out there that you can choose from. This is just not one of them. This is this badass American gin makers that, you know, they said, fuck it. We're going to throw out all the stops. We're going to make our own thing. And the only thing that, that quote unquote makes a gin gin is the addition of juniper. And this definitely has a juniper backbone Without being that, like, again, punch in the face, you know, I, uh, like, have to use it in a gin and tonic type thing. Um, Again, it's got so many awards that, you know, for the price point, which is, it's around $35 to $38 maybe. If if you've got a badass liquor store by you, you probably find it for $32. I think I paid $34 for the bottle that I have now. Um, it is gluten-free. It's holy shit, it's kosher too. Yo, Hanukkah is upon us, man. All you all you, you know, kosher freaks out there, yo, get your kosher on, son. This is a kosher bottle. It says it right on the back here. I mean, I have batch number 16-20. So whatever the fuck that means, that's great. It says gluten-free and kosher. It's made kosher by Vad 
Hackenschruth of Richmond, Virginia, Inc., I guess. Um, so that's cool. I didn't know it was kosher. Not that I, I don't give a shit, but, you know, all you kosher homies out there, you know, that's great. I like that. There's even a phone number on it. So the bottle says 100% grain neutral spirit with honey, with juniper and honey. Distilled and bottled by Caledonia Spirits, Inc., Montpelier, Vermont, 05602. If you want the fucking phone number, it's right here. 802-472-8000. Funny little tidbit of knowledge about Vermont is there's only one area code, 802. You know how many area codes? New York City, California, um, Texas, you know how many area codes they have? Vermont's got one fucking area code. It's pretty amazing, right? Love it, yeah. Anyway, land of the free, home of the brave. Um, I, I would love somebody to tweet me right now and ask me some questions um, about the actual spirit itself. So I'm going to hold on uh, a minute and see if somebody will tweet me a, a, a question live. Um, there's only about 3,000 people right now that are on Twitter right now, on, on my Twitter handle that are paying attention to this, but I'm going to wait for somebody to tweet me. Oh, okay, cool. Here we go. Um, Dave C. Riley FJR1 just asked, what kind of, what kind of column still are they using? I don't know the brand name, but I do know it's a 16 plate column which means there's 16 plates to drip that motherfucking neutral off and have it drop back down to redistill into the finest spirit that you will ever fucking taste. So how about that, son? Okay, how about that? All right, next. Okay, Billy Bob, Joe Bob, fuck your face, just tweeted me and said, um, how many, what, 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 how much honey goes into each bottle? And the answer is there's about four pounds of honey that go in each each 750 ml or the work of 893 bees. Can you imagine that? You got 893 bees working for you? I mean, you're pretty badass if you can wrangle that many bees to work for you and not only work for you, but do it below minimum wage. Like these bees aren't even getting paid minimum wage. I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, I I would... I mean, libtar, liberal, lib, the left, right, left, BA, select, start. There are some people out there that want $15 minimum wage. And you know what? <sighs> Fuck it. I agree with them because there's a whole lot of money out there and people that will just want to have a working wage and like take care of their family and not have to like, you know, die on the cross. Well, they should be able to, to, to have that. So. Um, anyway, I don't want to get political. Actually, my phone is about to die. Um, Bar Hill, uh, their regular spirit is amazing. Their, uh, Tomcat is even more amazing. I'm going to sign off. I'm going to tell all of you, I love you very much. Uh, you can email me at jonascope at msn.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at cocktail cult diaries. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on TikTok. Mostly I'm looking at scantily clad underage women. Uh, No, that's a lie. They're of age. Um, But anyway, I love my audience. I love all of you. You guys are fucking rock stars.
Thanks for sticking with me. I can't wait till the next one. But this is Bar Hill, episode 11, um, 23 minutes and 54 seconds later. Peace, love, happy holidays, and I'm out. Peace, late.